the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to Miller Thomas, of course, current student journalist at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Uh, you could go check out all my latest work on my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see my work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For segment number one today in our jam-packed show, as always, we're going to be talking about Josh Rojas. Josh Rojas will break down his 2019 MLB season with the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was acquired, you know, in that Zach Greinke trade. So we'll just talk about that a little bit. Look ahead to what he can do for the D-backs in 2020. And then you're going to want to stick around for segment number two today because it's theme, because it's theme Thursdays. I'm going to be answering your guys' questions and topics that you sent to me via email, LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com or via Twitter. So stick around for segment number two. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to reach men in that age range, this is your chance. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, for segment number one today, we're going to be continuing our Spotlight Player Series. We're talking about Josh Rojas today. I got to give a quick uh, quick shout-out to the Arizona Snake Pit. Uh, they did a great review, so they've really... Their knowledge in that review, you guys go check it out. Had a lot of great background information, so it's great for this topic that we're getting into today with Josh Rojas because I did not know this before reading this uh, review that they had. Josh Rojas was born in Arizona, actually, born in Glendale. Uh, And uh, so he lived out here. He's a homegrown kid. And that just, there's a few guys on the Arizona Dimebacks that are like that. They're either from Arizona or went to Arizona State, Cole Calhoun, Mike League, just to name a couple. So uh, the D-backs like to try to get those homegrown guys in. So Josh Rojas is one of them. Uh, Growing up, he was mentored by his father. He played, you know, some youth ball. Played a little club ball, and his father was a big influence in his life, a big coach for him. He later attended Paradise Valley CC, and then he eventually went on to the University University of Hawaii. That's where he had his few seasons of college baseball. Played pretty well there. He was eventually drafted at age 23, so not the normal young guy that a lot of players or a lot of teams like to see, you know, even as a fan, a fan always likes to see a team draft, you know, someone who's 18, 19, 20, as opposed to someone who's like 22, 23, just because of that word potential, of course. Yeah, so he was drafted in, uh, he was drafted in 2017 at the age of 23. Uh, he was drafted by the Houston Astros, actually. And that's always pretty funny, just because of the controversy they have right now. Anytime I see... Anything to do with the Astros, everything just feels tainted right now. But we won't get into Astros talk. Uh, and, yeah, so Josh Rojas, that was his come up. Played with the Houston Astros. He never made it to the majors before he played with the D-backs last year. But he was in the Astros organization 
acquired in that Zach uh, Granke trade, where they also got some other interesting p- uh, pieces in that trade. The D-backs acquired Corbin Martin. Uh, he he was their 11th rated prospect heading into last year. Then you got JP. I'm this name is gonna be hard to pronounce, but Bukasakis. Yeah, so if you guys look him up, he was he's actually the 10th rated prospect by the D-backs heading into 2019. And then they also got first baseman Seth Beer. He's also an outfielder too. He's their number four rated prospect heading into 2019. So you got your 4th, 10th, and 11th best prospects in that Zach Greinke trade. And you got Josh Rojas, who wasn't a top 30 prospect at the time in the Astros organization. But it was still was the first one out of that group to make it to the major. So that has to say something. Am I right? Now, when uh, Josh Rojas came to the Arizona Diamondbacks, he, uh, he only played eight games in the minors. He made it to the majors pretty quickly in his career. Because he was drafted at age 23. He made it to the uh, majors by age 25. So only two seasons in the minors. That means you had to do pretty well. You could, you can't just do two seasons in the minors and not be somewhat of a phenom. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean he was a top-rated prospect, but you can't just go out there and be mediocre if you're making it to the majors, age 23 to age 25, and all of a sudden. You make it there in just a quick two short years. So he had to do something well in the minors. But he was acquired in that Zach Greinke trade. And so far, the only one to make it uh, to the majors from that group. He was called up to the majors on August 12th. And uh, yeah, he made his debut against the Colorado Rockies. And uh, he debuted in left field. He was playing on the road, actually. He made his debut on the road at Coors Field. And he batted six that day in the lineup. And you're going to see six kind of a lot in this because he also, in the top of the six, got his first career hit, which is pretty amazing. So in the words of Drake, six, 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 six. Yeah, so he had a pretty good debut. But unfortunately, his overall numbers on the season weren't too good. They were just pretty average at best. He batted 217, so let let me put it in perspective. He he didn't play a ton of games. He had a semi he, he had a okay sample size, 41 games played. So you could equate that to about a half a season in the NBA. So t- take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But he batted 217, two home runs, 41 strikeouts, and only a 312 OBP. So he wasn't too productive as a fielder. Or as a hitter, he was way better as a fielder because he committed no errors in the right field. He was pretty stout defensively, like a lot of Diamondback players are. Maybe he, I just came up with a quick comparison, actually. Maybe Josh Rojas is just the Nick Ahmed of outfielders. He's an elite defensive outfielder, but we're just waiting for his offensive game to catch up. Until then, he can save you runs on. He can save you runs in the outfield. He can save you runs on the defensive end of the game. But he's not going to create a lot. He's not going to create a lot of runs for you. He's going to be kind of like Jackie Bradley was at the beginning of his career, you know? He's going to have a low batting average. You're going to hope he can swipe some bags, maybe work on his pop and get that power up. But you're really using him for his defense, and that's where he really is. You would think maybe you could bring him in 
in case of those, you know, righty-lefty splits. He's a left-handed batter, so maybe you think for those right-handed pitchers, you bring in Josh Rojas to give one of your outfielders a day of rest, but that probably wouldn't be the case with Josh Rojas, actually. He's actually a pretty peculiar player because his splits against lefties as a left-handed batter is actually better than against righties. Against left-handed pitchers, Josh Rojas bats 290, 387 OBP, and a 389 slugging percentage. But against right-handed pitchers, Josh Rojas is batting below the Mendoza line, batting 196, 289 OBP, and a 290 slugging percentage. So he's struggling heavily when it comes to right-handed pitchers, at least. And that's pretty rare for a left-handed batter, at least with that large of a gap in terms of production. So that's something you definitely want to maybe see in the other direction in terms of trends, if you're going to have it one way or the other. Probably you would want him to be better against right-handed pitchers than left-handed pitchers as a left-handed batter, even though that's pretty interesting. But I feel like it's not as important when you're going in those pitching matchups and everything's on the line. But for the 2020 season, I just see Josh Rojas as a utility player, mostly on the Arizona Diamondbacks, spelling guys' rest days when they need to take a break and been playing a lot, maybe a lot of string of consecutive road games, or maybe Josh Rojas would get better at those lefty-righty splits, like I just said. But until then, he's probably just be a utility player, but he's still young. Maybe he develops his offensive game like Nick Ahmed has over the years. And maybe he develops like a Jackie Bradley and just gets some more pop and becomes like a 18-homer guy and a 20-steal guy, even though he's only going to bat you about 240, but still be elite defensively. Now, you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's Theme Thursdays, so I'm going to be addressing your guys' topics and questions that you sent to me via Twitter and email after this quick message. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that the Locked On Diamondbacks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Diamondback fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Diamondback fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. And let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's time for segment number two, and you guys know what that means. It's theme Thursdays. Man, I had no singing voice on that one. Sorry, guys, but uh, a little sick still in my throat. 
But it's Theme Thursdays, and I'm going to be addressing your guys' topics and questions sent to me via Twitter at LockedOnDiamondbacks or email LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com. Let's jump right into it. First topic I got, what are my takeaways from today's game? So the Diamondbacks lost 8-0 today. Yeah, uh, I guess no big deal. They lost to the Cincinnati Reds. Just got smacked around. Uh, I wouldn't even say really smacked around because it was really just two guys who uh, didn't play too well, didn't pitch too well for the D-backs. But it was 8-0, so I guess the offense didn't help out either when you look at it. But, yeah, the Diamondbacks now dropped to 2-3 and three during spring training. They lost 8-0, but... It was Bumgarner's uh, debut, and that's what, that's what we really care about. That's who we care uh, about in this game most of all, just because it was the first time we get to see him. And he looked pretty solid. He, get, he did give up a home run, though, in the, the two innings he was out there. So you don't like to see that, but he gave up. So he had a bad pitch. Guy had a solo dinger, but he retired his first five batters. And uh, he did that with four strikeouts, so... Five batters, four strikeouts. That's pretty dominant right there. But then he gave up the solo homer. So he looked pretty dominant outside of that. Just one guy. So still a pretty good day. But the D-backs as an offense couldn't get anything going. Only three hits as a team. Steven Vogt had one. John Jay had one. And Yasmani Tomas had another one. Uh, So three hits total. No one could really get anything going today. And the pitching of Peacock and Aguilar, uh, it was awful. Uh, they just got shelled today. They gave up a combined seven runs together. They were the ones that accounted for all the earned runs outside of Bumgarner's one dinger. So you don't like to see that. Uh, yeah, Ketel Marte went over. I think Cole Calhoun, uh, he, if he played, I'm pretty sure I saw him, but he went over too. So Pretty much no one was doing anything positively uh, as a hitter for the D-backs, but they had some other pitchers in there like Guerrero who pitched scoreless innings and stuff and had a really good time out there, uh, pitched pretty well and didn't give up any runs or anything. So there were some other positives from the relief pitching at least. So you always like to see at least your pitching stepping up. I mean, you could uh, say the uh, Diamondbacks bullpen, you know, the back end of their bullpen is probably their weakest position. So the fact that their pitchers are pitching well during spring training, that gives you some confidence heading into the regular season. Now, could you see Robbie Ray being traded to the Yankees? Yeah, this is a rumor that's circling around that maybe it's a possibility that the Yankees might kick the tire on Robbie Ray, just because uh, their ace of, you know, the last couple seasons, you could say definitely he was supposed to be their ace heading into 2019. And that is Luis Severino just went uh, under Tommy John surgery today, I believe. So he's going to be out, I'm pretty sure, the whole season. And uh, so now they're looking to maybe adding another starter that they could add in their rotation. And the D-backs do have a lot of starting pitching depth they have about six or seven guys if I rattle off some of the guys who I think are probably gonna be in the rotation Madison Bumgarner definitely 
uh, Luke Weaver probably, and then you got Zach Allen who's right there. You got Robbie Ray, of course. And you got like a Merrill Kelly. You got a, a Mike Leak. You got an Alex Young. So that's seven guys right there. So you could trade a Robbie Ray and still have great depth and still be okay in your starting rotation. And who knows what you could get back from the Yankees. They always have some young minor leaguers, you know, who you can add back and maybe a top prospect. Obviously, a lot of the Yankees' top prospects recently have actually been getting uh, promoted to the majors. You look at uh, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, Glaber Torres, even Clint Frazier spent some time in the majors. So the Yankees had a lot of studs and a lot of them making it to the next uh, level, but they still got someone that they could give up, I'm pretty sure, for Robbie Ray. Are you concerned with Merrill Kelly and Luke Weaver's first start? Uh, I mean, if you guys saw their game the other day, they were not the best. They both gave up a, I believe Luke Weaver gave up like four runs and Merrill Kelly gave up another couple runs. And they just didn't pitch well in their first start of the season. And it does give you a little pause for concern. Oh, in yesterday's podcast, I did address this a little bit. And uh, I do want to say I'm sorry, Mer- uh, Merrill Kelly, for saying you had a forearm issue. It was actually Luke Weaver I meant. So Luke Weaver is uh, the guy you actually really should be concerned with just because you don't like to see those four runs given up after especially a guy was shut down for the rest of the 2019 season with a forearm issue. You hope he can come back healthy. He was a big part of the Goldie trade, one of the main cogs in that uh, in that trade, one of the centerpieces of that trade. So you want to see him perform. You want to see him do well with the D-backs because he was acquired for a face of the franchise. Next question. How does Catel Marte look to you so far in spring training? I must say, Catel Marte has looked very fine so far this spring training. In his first at-bat of spring training, in his first game, he homered. So he's already shown you what he can do. And on the season, or not on the season, but in spring training so far, he's batting 429. So he's absolutely crushing it. He's tearing it up. And I think that's just going to pour into uh, the regular season and as he continues what he started last year, just putting his name on the map. I think he's going to continue that in 2020. And really just be a breakout star in Major League Baseball. Already had a breakout season last year, but that was more locally. He had an elite year, but that was more locally. Next year, he's going to be on the map nationally because that's how good Ketel Marte is. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned in on this theme Thursday. We got into some interesting talk today with Josh Rojas, and I answered your guys' questions, so thanks for sending those in and continue to flood me with that. You guys are going to want to tune back in tomorrow because it's Fastball Fridays, so you know I'm bringing the heat with my opinions and my takes, so tune in for that. And I'll see you guys back tomorrow. Peace.